Hey there, family. Welcome back to a whole new podcast here at U-Turn Orlando. We're so psyched to have you guys. For all those of you who want to have more information on our church, go ahead to www.myuturnorlando.com. We love you guys. Enjoy. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus some praise again this morning. Amen. Well, we're entering into a new month this, uh, this month, November, right? How many love November? Amen. I'm, I'm pretty sure I know why. I'm pretty sure I know why. You get some good food, right? This is the, this is the time of the month where all diets are off. You know what I'm saying? There's no more diets. There's no more shakes. You know what I'm saying? You just take a little bit of a break. If you were working out, you kind of don't go too much. You know what I mean? And then you find out that half of your clothes don't fit afterwards. You know what I mean? That's what happened to me this morning, actually. Um, I had bought this shirt. My mom actually bought it for me. And I was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of dress up because if you guys have been coming here, um, I really don't wear, I'm really casual when I preach. And the only reason why I do that is because I want to I make you guys feel comfortable. And uh, I don't want you guys to feel that you have to wear a suit and tie and all that good stuff. If you want to, by all means, come in a suit and tie. Come in a dress. It doesn't matter. Come as you are. But I like being comfortable, especially, you know, because it gets a little hot in here sometimes. And so wearing a tie is probably the worst thing you can do when it's hot. Come on, somebody. Amen. So I put on this shirt this morning, and I thought I was going to be able to button it. But as you can see, it don't button. So this is a sign, this is, a, this is the Lord speaking to me, right, that something needs to shift in my life. Amen. Maybe I need to walk more. Maybe I need to not go for seconds for Thanksgiving this month, right? And how many, how many feel me, right? Some of you probably went to your closet this morning. You were like, oh, this don't fit as good as it used to, right? Because, you know, we tend to dress up for church and all that stuff. You'd be like, I'm not putting that on. I'm putting on this. Amen. But today, we're starting a brand new series and it's called Table Talk. Everybody say Table Talk. And, um, and so we're, we're just going to keep it very casual, but we're going to keep it very real. We're going to be talking to you like a family. Because how many of you know U-Turn is a family? It's just not a church, right? We are, our, we are a church, but the Bible, if you read it, it indicates that not only are we a church, an organization, right? But we are a family. Amen. And there are certain things, right? Because how many of you know your family has rules? You know what I mean? Like, my, when I go to my mom's house, I'm not allowed to put my feet up with my shoes on. Come on, somebody. You know what I mean? For some reason, the towel inside of the bathroom is, cannot be touched. You know what I'm saying? It's decoration. Mom, that thing got dust on it. You know what I mean? Like, how, how good of a decoration is it? It's, it's a bad thing for your house to have dust on it. But you can't touch the towels. You know what I mean? So, but the same thing goes with the, the family of God, right? There are certain things, there's mission, there's vision, there's certain values that God wants us to have as a church. And you know, the beautiful thing about these, these, these values inside of the word of God is that it could be transferable to your family. The same blessing that comes upon the church when we actually do what the word of God says is the same blessing that comes upon your household when you do it. 
How many think that's some good news? Amen. So let's go to Exodus chapter 6, verse 6. And today's sermon is uh, entitled, What Was It Like? What, what, what was it like? In Exodus chapter 6, verse 6, it says this. It says, therefore, uh, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm. What a beautiful picture. And with, a might, and with mighty acts of judgment. And I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God, who brought you out from the yoke of the Egyptians. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's going to bring us out. Amen. Let's go to Matthew chapter 26, verse 27. Matthew chapter 26, verse 27. You could raise up my mic just a little bit. It says this, verse 27, it says, he took a cup. This is Jesus talking, right? This is the Last Supper. Everybody understands the Last Supper. We've seen pictures of it. Uh, we've seen movies of it, right? Everybody can hear me, right? Okay, perfect. Verse 27, it says, then he took, this is Jesus, then he took a cup, and when he gave thanks, he gave it to them, the disciples, saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, of the new covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. Father, I thank you this morning, and I pray, God, that this, this word would penetrate the hearts of your people. And I pray, Father God, that you would set people free, and God, that you would teach us the values of your house. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen. Amen. You know, so many of us, we've seen the picture of Jesus, right, uh, taking the cup, right, and sharing it with the disciples. And the majority of us think that this originated from Jesus, right? But Jesus did not come up with this. This actually happened in Exodus. And Exodus is basically what happens during Passover. Passover is a holiday, a festival that the Jewish celebrate. They still celebrate it today. And so many of us, when we look at the cups, actually a cup, we think it's just one cup, right? How many ever thought it was just one cup? But if you study the tradition, it's actually four main cups that they drink out of during this Passover. And for those that don't know Passover, maybe you know this holiday, it's Easter. Easter is for the Christian, Passover is for the Jews, right? And so what they did, the Jewish, and remember when Jesus came into the earth, he came as a Jewish person. And so he celebrated Jewish festivals. And there was four cups. Does anybody want to know what these four cups were? Here's the first cup. The first cup was called the cup of sanctification. Everybody say sanctification. What does that mean? That, another way to say that is the cup of salvation. Everybody say salvation. And so what the Jews were doing during this time, and we read it in Exodus chapter 6, is that they were celebrating the time that Jesus, that God saved them from the Egyptians. When Pharaoh was after them and Pharaoh was trying to kill them, this is the moment where God opened up the Red Sea and he saved them from the enemy. And so they're celebrating that. They're celebrating that by drinking that cup. Can I tell you something? The same God that... Uh, saved the, Egypt, the, the Jews from the Egyptians by splitting the Red Sea. Can I tell you something? And some of you may not even know this, but God has split Red Seas to save you this morning. 
You might not even realize it. You may not know it. You might not know the angel that God sent to protect you. But my friend, I can guarantee you, if you are sitting here today, God has done a miracle inside of your life. He has saved you. Here's the second cup. The second cup was the cup of deliverance. Everybody say deliverance. And this is where uh, God set the Jews completely free from the bondage of Pharaoh. This is where we begin to, or they, they begin to say, hey, we're free from that lifestyle. We are no longer, we don't need to live like that anymore. We are free from it, right? And so many of us, we think that it stops at salvation. It doesn't stop at salvation. We have to move to the next step, which is the cup of deliverance. The third cup of, is the cup of redemption. Everybody say redemption. And so not only does God save us, not only does God free the Jews, but he also blesses them. Come on, somebody. Because, you know, God could have stopped right there. God could have stopped uh, his work from just saving them and protecting them and delivering them. But he says, no, I'm going to go much further and I'm going to bless them. Does anybody need a blessing this morning? And the last cup is the cup of praise. And some of you might be saying, man, that's a lot of cups. They were getting drunk. No, they weren't getting drunk. They were just taking little sips. So don't go back and be like, yo, this is the cup of deliverance. This is the cup of praise. That's not how it works. I'm going to get my Hennessy bottle, my little Malibu. I'm going to drink these four cups in the name of Jesus. That's not how it works. <laughs> it's a little sip, all right? So in Matthew chapter 6, we see the story of Jesus having the Last Supper. Everybody say the Last Supper. And so most likely, he did this with his disciples. He had these cups, amen, which was the Passover meal. This morning, we uh, emphasize these four cups in the four values within our vision of our church. The great thing about the vision of our church, like I mentioned earlier, is transferable to your life and is transferable to your family. Can somebody say amen? So the first, first cup that we all should drink of is the cup to connect to God. Everybody say connect to God. That is the cup of sanctification, the cup of salvation. Can I tell you something this morning? That if you have never given your life to Jesus, there is no way that you could experience the other three cups until you drink this first cup. And so many times we are seeking the hand of God before we're seeking the face of God or the salvation from God. So many times we want God to bless us and open doors and change us and stop certain addictions and answer certain prayers. But my friend, before God does any of the other cups, we have to first connect to God. It always starts with the cup of salvation. And the way we understand that we need to drink out of this cup is you have to understand that without God, you have nothing. You are lost. You are spiritually dead without God. My friend, if, until we drink the cup of salvation, we are just like Israel. We are in bondage when an enemy and a ruler that all he wants to do is take from you. That's what the Israelites were experiencing. They were in bondage in Egypt. But praise God, we serve a God that called Moses. 
And he says, hey, I hear the cry of my people, and they're crying out to me, and they want to be saved. And he raised up a man named Moses, and he told Moses one thing. He said, I want you to go to Pharaoh, which is their enemy, and tell him, let my people go. My friend, he's saying the same thing to you this morning. He is fighting on your behalf. Some of you don't even realize it, that the reason why you don't want to serve God, you think it's you. No, my friend. It is the enemy whispering his lies inside of your ear, letting you think that you can do life without God. My friend, it's a lie from the enemy. And God this morning is yelling at your enemy, and he is saying, let her go, and let him go. Why? Because I have a plan, and I have a purpose, and I have something special for them. Can somebody say amen? Come on, you can give Jesus a praise for that. Until we connect to God, my friend, we are in darkness. There's no way around it. There's no gray area. Look what 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 8 says. It says, for you are a chosen people. Did you know that? Did you know that you are a chosen people? You are a chosen people out of your entire family. There, there, there's a reason why you are sitting in these chairs this morning. Why? It's not a coincidence, my friend. You are a chosen person. You are here by a divine act from God. You are a chosen people. Look what it says. It says, you are God's very own possession. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a very, uh, God's very own possession. And look at this. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. As a result of being chosen, as a result of surrendering to God, you can show others the goodness of God. I don't know about you, but the only way that you can show God's goodness is if God has been good to you. Has anybody been here that God has been good to you? Come on, give Jesus some praise for that. I don't know about you, but when I was sick, he healed me. When I needed a blessing, he blessed me. Is that you this morning? My friend, the only way that you're going to show your family and your friends and everybody around you the goodness of God as it is only when he is good to you. And that lets me know that he is going to be good to you. You know, so many times, if you're like me, we walk around very negative. Oh, God ain't doing this for me. And we forget about the miracles and we forget about the blessings and we forget about the open doors, even the little miracles. Even the little miracles, the fact that you woke up this morning is a miracle. The fact that you are in your right mind this morning, it is a miracle. The fact that your children woke up this morning, that is a blessing from God, my friend. There is a family that their children did not wake up this morning. And that is a miracle from God. The fact that you were able to hug your children and talk to your children and cook breakfast for your children this morning, that, my friend, is a miracle. That's a blessing. And so we have to connect to God. We have to connect to God. And some of you might be wondering, well, this is, I thought we were dedicating our children. We are. But nothing is going to happen until you, parent, connect to God. Until you connect with God. How many of you know our kids do what we do? The, 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 the little uh, mantra and the little saying that says, hey, do what I say, don't do as I do. How many know that don't work? How many know that doesn't work? 
The, most, the, the best way to impact our children is when we say, hey, do as I do. Pray like I pray. Serve instead of the house of God like I serve. Minister to people about Jesus like I minister to people about Jesus. My friend, there is so much more impact when we live like that. So much more impact. And I don't know about you, but I want to be about a, a part of a church that connects people to God. That's part of our vision. Part of our vision is we want to see the lost saved. We want to see your family walk into these doors and give their lives to Christ. We want your children, while they're in you kids, realize how much they need Jesus. Because how many of you know we live in a world, man, that that is being pushed out of their mind. Oh, you don't need Jesus. You need to live like this or like that. No, my friend. It always starts with Jesus. And it should always end with Jesus. And when we start with Jesus, and when we end it with Jesus, most likely everything in between will be blessed. And somebody say amen. So number two, number one is connect to God. That's the first cup. The second cup is create disciples. Everybody say create disciples. This is called the cup of deliverance, right? Some of you, some of us, we don't even realize how good God has been to us to the point where he has literally opened the Red Sea and set you free. You know what? The majority of our church, if we look at these cups, the majority of our church, we really just drink this first cup, right? The cup of salvation. You know why? Because this is the easiest cup to drink. It's easy to come to church every once in a while. And whenever Pastor Richard or anybody who's preaching behind the pulpit, we tell hey, the best thing that you can do is give your life to Jesus. And then we do the, 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 the count of three thing, right? When I count to three, one, two, three, lift up your hands. God bless you. God bless you. Give your life to Jesus. Very important step. No doubt. It's the easiest step, right? But we just stick with that cup. So we come in, and we just stick with the cup of salvation. I'm satisfied with God just saving me. I don't want him to give me the cup of deliverance. You know why with the cup of deliverance? What happens with the cup of deliverance is God begins to ask you for things. Right? He begins to ask you for certain things like commitment, right? He begins to ask you, hey, if you want me to bless your children, the best way to do that is to live like you want your children to live. Come on, somebody. We can't expect our children to serve Jesus correctly when we don't do it ourselves. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to come at you. You know what I'm trying to do? I want you to drink the cup of deliverance. Because when you drink that cup of deliverance, that cup that will set you free, oh, my friend, not only will you experience the God of salvation, but you will experience the God that is able to control your life and be Lord of your life. And that's when real blessings happen. Oh, when you begin to drink the cup of deliverance, you begin to realize who God really is. He might not be the same God that your mother taught you he was. You begin to learn the God of the Bible. The God that says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The God that says through every single trial, there is a purpose and I can make good out of that bad inside of your life. Amen. Oh, but that only happens, my friend, when you start drinking the cup of deliverance. You know why we don't drink this cup? Because this cup right here takes time. Time. 
This cup right here literally is a lifelong journey. This is where like, man, you know what? I'm going to pray when I don't feel like praying. I'm going to come to the house of God when I don't feel like coming to the house of God. I'm going to read the word of God when I don't feel like reading the word of God. I'm going to live right even though everybody and their mama is, is inviting me to that party and I know what's in that party. Come on, somebody. You know what's at that party. You know there's weed at that party. You know there's liquor at that party. You know there's stuff there that you shouldn't be entertaining at that party. But when you begin to drink the cup of deliverance, you begin to say, you know what? It's not worth me going to that party because I want more of God inside of my life. Can somebody say amen? It's a process, my friend. It's a process where you begin to drink the cup of deliverance. And you know what begins to happen when you begin to drink this cup of deliverance? What begins to happen is that certain things that used to be a struggle to stop on your own, all of a sudden you feel the strength of God and no longer do you have a taste for that thing anymore. He begins to give you the strength to let certain things go. He gives you the strength to let go of your will and what you want and you begin to want to do the will of God. You begin to desire, my friend, his purpose for your life. Can somebody say amen? You know, in this cup, you know what he begins to deal with? He begins to deal with our sin. He begins to deal with our past hurts. And he begins to deal with curses inside of our life. And some of you, we, are, we already talked about last month about curses. And if you want, you could go to our podcast and listen to that. But some of you, the reason why some of us are not consistent in serving God, and sometimes we're not consistent to the house of God, it's not really because of sin, even though it is sin. But really, there is wounds inside of your heart. There's wounds inside of your heart. There's certain things that just still bother you. Some of you, let's face facts, you are angry at God. You are wondering, God, why did you let this happen to me? And why did this happen to me? And why was this all along? We forget that there is an enemy that's trying to keep you from God. There is an enemy that will lie to you and say, God is not good. Look what he allowed without even letting you know that it was all part of his plan. My friend, I don't care what we go through. And I've been paralyzed, and I haven't been able to walk, and God healed me. And through the whole process, I still say, through the hardest seasons inside of my life, God is good. God is good through all my failures, through all my past hurts, through all my wounds, and even the bad decisions that I've made, even though I was unfaithful, God remained faithful. Can somebody say amen? God remained faithful. God's faithful to you. God's faithful to you right now. Do you know that Jesus died upon that cross knowing that you may never give your life to him? That's how much he loved you. Jesus got on that cross knowing that he may, you may never choose him. I don't know about you, my friend, but that's faith. That's what you call faith. That is faith, the fact that he went through so much suffering and so much trial and so much knowing that you may never surrender to him. The cup of deliverance, my friend. The cup of deliverance is where you fall in love with Jesus more than anything else. 
The cup of deliverance is that you're willing to sacrifice things within inside of your life so that you can fulfill the purposes of God upon your life. Can somebody say amen? amen. Number three. Number three is called the cup of redemption. We call it uh, called towards destiny. Let's put on some worship music. Called towards destiny. You know, some of you and some of us, the reason why we don't know what to do with our lives is because you still haven't even realized. Look at Siri just interrupted me. Girl, shut up. <laughs> so some of us, the reason why we're aiming uh, at the wrong thing is because you haven't even realized what God's purpose is for your life. You don't know what God's purpose is for your life. And that's why we start going doing this and we do that and we, we go to school for that and, and we, we're in this relationship. All along, you don't really realize that God has called you a masterpiece. Look what Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says. I think the person went to the bathroom and somebody could go back there. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. Everybody say Masterpiece. For we are God's masterpiece. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a masterpiece. He says, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. This morning, you are not a carbon copy of something. God has created you uniquely. God has created you a masterpiece. You are a unique person. Don't listen to the lies that where people say, hey, you, you ain't special. No, my friend, you are special. We are the human race, and yes, we're alike in, very, uh, in many ways, but there is something special about you. There is something special about your gifting. There's something special about your talents. There's something special on how you talk to people. Somebody say amen. I'm going to encourage you. Don't be with anybody that don't see you like that. Don't be with anybody that don't see you as a special person. God says, hey, you're a masterpiece. Let me give you an example of this. You know, if you go to an art gallery, there's differences in art. There's like art where there's upcoming people and those don't normally cost too much depending if they're famous or not. But then there's art that they consider as a masterpiece. Oh man, that, that kind of art, sky's the limit to how much that could cost. And so when Jesus says, hey, you're a masterpiece, that means you're priceless. You're priceless. Your purpose and the things that God has called you to do, my friend, only you can do it. Why? Because you're, you're priceless. You're a masterpiece. And some of you, the reason why we think us, ourselves as nothing is because that's what the world teaches us. And maybe that's what family members have told you, that you are not unique. You're nothing special. And to a certain extent, we're not opening God's plan for our lives. Oh, there is something very special about you. Can somebody say amen? Let me tell you what this means. This is basically learning what your shape is. That is your spiritual gifts. Every single one of us has a spiritual gift. 
Every single one of us, God has placed desires and passions with inside of your lives. And some of us think, oh, that's all spiritual. No, it's not, my friend. There's certain businesses that God is calling you to, to start. Why? Because that business is going to fund the move of God. That business is going to bless people. Not only that, but God has blessed you with the type of personality that you have. And some of you might be wondering, me, my personality, yes, you. And then also your experiences. If we could change the song, also the experiences. Some of you might be wondering, man, you know what? I've gone through hell. I've lost a child. I've been sick and almost died. I've gone through all types of this stuff. And he says, yes, I know. God is saying, yes, I know that you've gone through all that stuff. But I'm going to use those experiences so that you can change people's lives. Don't allow the enemy to make you waste your experiences. The good, the bad, and the ugly ones. Because we all have those, right? We all have good experiences. We all have bad experiences, and we all have ugly experiences. Those experiences that you don't even want to think about. Oh, God can use those. God can fully heal you. God can fully change you, and he can use those experiences. Number four is the cup of praise. Everybody say the cup of praise. Acts chapter 13, verse 36. It says this. It says, David served. God's purpose in his own generation. David served God's purpose in his own generation. Do you want that to be you this morning? That can be you. We're at the end of your life. And let me just say this. Eternity is a lot longer than what we live. And so we treat life like it's like so long. The Bible says our lives is like a vapor. We're here today and gone tomorrow. And so your choices today directly affects your eternity. Let me say that again. Your choices and my choices today directly affects your eternity. Well, I don't believe that. My friend, it's true whether you believe it or not. The sky is blue whether you believe it or not. I'm married whether you believe it or not. I got kids, and you kids right now, whether you believe it or not. My friend, that truth is true, whether you believe it or not. Your life, your decisions today directly affect your eternity. Not only your eternity, but it could directly affect your children's eternity. What you, what you make, your choices that you make today. You know, like I mentioned before, your kids are watching. Your kids are watching. And I don't know about you, but when I'm dead and gone, I want people to say he served God's purpose in his generation. He served his purpose in his generation. My friend, until you know your purpose, your life has no purpose. You're just waking up, going to work, eating, having fun aimlessly because there is a purpose for your life. There is a reason for your existence. And until you find that out, oh my friend, you're gonna feel lost. You're going to feel lost. And somebody say amen.
Let's all stand this morning. I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. This last cup where you begin to fulfill the purposes of God, right? You know, there's some, a lot of people drink the cup of salvation, right? Some people begin to drink the cup of deliverance, right? We don't stay in this cup long enough so that we could experience the blessing that it is to find out your purpose. Because we give up. We're like, oh, this ain't worth it. Right? So we never get to drink this cup. And if we never drink this cup, we will never drink the fourth cup is where you are living in purpose. The third cup is finding your purpose, finding your calling, finding your gifts, and learning what that is. The fourth cup is actually doing what God has given you to do. And many of us, we don't stay here long enough to find that out. We give up. And a, a great majority of the people in the church, especially our church, we don't get to the fourth cup. We don't get to the fourth cup because we don't stay long enough for God to change us. We don't stay long enough for God to speak to us, our purpose. And when we find our purpose, you know what, we, what, what begins to happen is we have fearful procrastination. Fearful procrastination. You know what God has called you to do. You know your gifting. You know your purpose. You know you have a calling. You know you're a leader. You're just afraid of the things you're going to have to lose and give up to fulfill that call. Can I tell you something? It's worth it. It's worth not only finding your purpose and finding what you're called to do. It's worth giving it all up to do what you were made to do. You were made to do this, whatever it is. And until you do what God has called you to do, my friend, you are always going to be uh, hitting a target, and you're not going to have a target. Why? Because you keep on just, you don't know where to go. You're not going to be able to hit the target, the calling upon your life. Why? Because you keep on having this fearful procrastination. Oh, I got time. My friend, you don't know how much time you got. I got time. Oh, I don't want to live that religious life. Oh, my friend, if you think this is a religious life, you got the wrong God. This is a relationship. This is not a religion. This is having a relationship with your maker who has deposited the calling of God upon your life even before your mother even thought of you. That's the God we serve. This is the God that is able not only to bless you and call you, oh, but he can hit every single one of your kids with it. That's the God we serve. And if we don't do it, my friend, there is an enemy that will. And the enemy is all around us, my friend. I promise you, he's all around us. And the vision that I'm trying to instill within you, Satan has another vision, but his vision leads to killing and destroying and stealing something from your life. But God's vision and God's mission and God's purpose for your family is to give you life and life more abundantly. Can somebody say amen? So this morning, if you want to surrender your life to that God, 
If we could put the music down a little bit. If you want to surrender your life to that God, every head bowed, every eye closed. It starts with you, mom and dad. It starts with you. You're the influence. You're the leader inside of the home. You're the one that they're going to see. You're the one that they're going to follow. Before me, before any teacher, is you. So this morning, if you want to surrender your life to Jesus, I want you to lift up your hands really quickly. I want to pray for you. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I want everybody to say this out loud all together. Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus. Come on, you can say it better than that. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying for me. I thank you for shedding your blood for me and my children. And so today, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I believe not only did you die for me, but you rose on the third day, just like you said you would. And so, so today, you are my Lord. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to stop in for a whole new podcast. We love you, familia.